0: Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. It's great seeing you today. Today we're starting a new series called The Kingdom of God and and that it needs to be above everything else. You know, uh, Satan is just out to warp. The kingdom of God, and he does it every chance he gets, and and we see it constantly. Um, You know, I'm amazed. Just I I guess I shouldn't be surprised anymore. The stuff I read, Uh, I read about one of our military academies. Not I love our military, and but even our retired guys that are in our church are frustrated about some of the things that are taking place. And at one of the academies, they told the cadets, this was in the news last week, that they should not call their parents mom and dad because it might be offensive to some people. You know, I'm telling you, until we get to a point where we start concerning ourselves to what offends God, we're just going to continue down a very dark road as a nation. And when you begin to focus on what offends God... That's when a spiritual awakening can occur. When you start seeing things from God's perspective. A friend of mine from high school, his name's Glenn, we were good friends in high school, but we weren't hanging out type friends. We, we liked each other uh, and we would talk to each other in the hallway, but we never did anything together. And, uh, and so, but we, you know, we, I didn't keep up with him. Uh, after high school, but found, I found out he was keeping up with me. And at our 50th reunion, um, we got to see each other and spend some time together. We talked a lot, and we laughed a lot. And, uh, and it was just good connecting with him because he is a believer. And, uh, I found out he'd been keeping up with me. He was in a Bible study with my brother. Um, he was following my son's music. He was keeping up with me on Facebook. So I, I just didn't realize Glenn was doing that. And, I, I, um, Glenn was that guy. He stayed, he stayed in high point, but if you ever wanted to know where somebody was, you call Glenn, he could tell you. So I was looking for a friend that didn't, that wasn't at the reunion, so uh, he didn't come to it. So I called Glenn. And I said, "Hey, you know where so and so is?" He said, "Oh yeah, I can tell you where he is. His brother's my next door neighbor. I can get his number." I said, "All right." <laughs> so uh, he he got that information, and I had a long talk with him, uh, and got to catch up with that friend. But as I was talking to Glenn, he said, "You know, at the reunion, uh, you were sitting. You and your wife Mary were sitting there at a table with an." another good friend of mine named Stephen, and uh, you were sitting there with Stephen and his wife. Steven's a buddy of mine from high school. He's now a medical doctor, just a great guy. We were both believers. And, and Glenn said, and I told my wife at the reunion, she says, you see Steve and Don over there? And she said, yeah. He said, he said they, were my, uh, they were my bell cows. And I paused for a minute and I said, Lynn, did, did you just call me a heifer? <laughs> he said, No, that's a compliment. I said, Well, you're going to have to explain that. And he said, Well, bell cow is that's the cow in the herd that they would put a bell on. And that way you'd always know where the herd was because you hear the bell on that, the bell cow. And I said, Okay. He said, So I told my wife, she said, I stayed out of trouble in high school. I never got in trouble in high school. I always made good decisions because. I always watched to see what Don and Steve would do. And I didn't have a clue. I mean, I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm honored that you would say that. It makes, you know, that is very encouraging. Also it kind of scared me a little bit. I mean, what what if I didn't give a good example and how many people do you know that followed a person that led them down a very dark path? And, and especially when you didn't even know the person was being watched. And you know, the reality is we all have a bell that we're carrying, because there's always somebody who's listening for your bell and is following that bell, even if you don't even know who they are. And see, back in high school, I was I was not one of the athletic kids. I was. Just a very average guy I was not one of the smart kids. I was very average academically I was not one of the rich kids. I was very average I was not one of the musical kids. I was not one of the cool kids I was just very average. I was not one of the trendsetters in school. I was just an average average guy and so even just an average, ordinary person can be somebody's bell cow. And, and if you are a bell cow and people are following your lead, then you had better make sure that you're leading people towards a place that's worth going to. Because you're being watched by somebody. And I wonder who is following you, and I wonder who is watching you, and I, I hope that you're always leading them towards the kingdom of God. That's worth following. I hope that whenever your bell's ringing, it's ringing towards the kingdom of God. I, I actually bought Glenn. I went and bought a real cowbell, and I got it engraved and had his name on it, and said the original bell cow or whatever it said bell cow, and um, sending it to him, he'll like that. And um, and it made me, but it made me stop and think. Where, When you are walking with the Lord, or or maybe when you're not walking with the Lord, what direction are you pointing people towards? Because you, you might even be in that little period of dark times. We've all had those. And what if that's a time that somebody decided to follow you or follow your lead? And my goodness, that's a really sobering thought. That I could lead somebody down a path that's doesn't lead to any place, what any place it's worth going to. Jesus put it this way. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else. There's nothing that takes precedence over it. No matter what your agenda, what your goals are, if, not, if you're not seeking the kingdom of God first and foremost, and according to Jesus, you've missed the most important aspect of his message. You've missed, you've missed what he has for you. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 22, he, he said, and this really defines what he means by seeking the kingdom of God first. You must love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. That means a completeness. Your completeness follows the Lord, loves the Lord, that I hold nothing back. I mean, that's the way every covenant marriage should be, right? That you're all in, you hold nothing back. And I want to tell you, whenever marriages get in trouble, it's usually because somebody in the marriage is holding something back. So just like my marriage, I want to be all in. I've got to be that way with God's kingdom. I've got to seek the kingdom of God with my entire being that I hold nothing back. Even even in those moments of confusion I need to seek the kingdom of God, especially when things might not be going well for me. <clears throat> Maybe you're facing something and it's an emotional problem or it's a physical problem, whatever. You're... I've told you about my friend Ted, who's a pastor out on the West Coast. Many of you have been praying for him. Many of you have asked about him. Uh, he and I, we talked last week. I got to meet him up at his family's place a couple of weeks uh, about a, a month ago. And uh, he called me, and he said, hey, uh, one of the scans didn't come back well. They found over 50 tumors in my brain. I went, oh, my goodness, Ted. And uh, so they're doing a complete radiation of his brain right now. He's going through that now. And I said, so how are you holding up? He said, "Ah, I'm doing fine. I said, wow, that amazes me. I'm just... You know, you you are a real encouragement to me. He said, well, you shouldn't be surprised. I learned it from you. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, 12 years ago when you had your cancer, I watched you. I paid attention to what you said, not knowing I was gonna need it. He said, I remember specifically when you said, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? I could die and go to heaven. He said, man, when I heard that, I said, oh, he's gonna be fine. And that's what I that's what I rely on. I, I heard your cowbell 12 years ago, and now I needed I needed that bell today to follow it. So even when things are tough, even when even when life's thrown you a curveball, that's when people are really paying attention to your cowbell. They're really paying attention. Because they're looking to see how you respond to a desperate situation or a difficult situation. And that means I seek the kingdom of God above everything else, including my circumstances. Jesus prayed this way. He said, talking to the Father, he said, may your kingdom come soon. Matthew four seventeen, it says that Jesus began to preach. From then on, this is when he began his public ministry, and um, and his message from the very beginning was pretty much his message throughout. He said, "Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. God's kingdom." <clears throat> shows up when you open your heart to Jesus. I think that's what he means by the kingdom of God is near. It's it's there, it's near to you. And once you confess, repent, then you're in the kingdom of God. You are in his kingdom. He's ruling over. You and your life. You've given it all to him. So I repent of my sins. I turn to God. And that's when I find the kingdom of God. So you want to seek the kingdom of God? Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God. Jesus said, love God with your entire complete being. And here's the formula. Repent and turn. Confess, you're going in the wrong direction, and turn to God. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Yet it's that profound. Matthew nine thirty five, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. See, Jesus saying, hey, it's good news. The kingdom is here and you repent and turn to God and there you are in his kingdom because now God's domain is over your life. Matthew 7. he told his disciples, go and announce to them the kingdom of heaven is near. Salvation is near. It's here. it's available and it's ready to be received by you Matthew twenty four fourteen, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached to the whole world so that all nations will hear it then the end will come so all nations are going to hear I mean we're seeing that happen at such a rapid pace now I mean, th- thanks to the internet, <laughs> th- thanks to the communication that can happen, thanks to uh, people being saved in all people groups and different languages that people are hearing the gospel. I-, I was having lunch yesterday with a friend and we were talking about, you know, what about, what about that person that never hears the gospel? What, what about that person? Uh, you know, that's a great conversation to have. And um, next month... We're going to have a dear friend of mine who's going to be here from Azerbaijan. You've met him before. And he uh, leads the training that we do in uh, training church planners, most of them former Muslims. And um, he will tell you that so many of the people that pray to receive Christ out of the Muslim faith did so because of a dream. I mean, God has taken the gospel to them in a dream. And in that dream, they hear the name about Jesus. And then when they wake up, they go and find out about who this Jesus guy is. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached through the whole world so that all nations will hear it I mean, Jesus said that's going to happen, so you can bank on that one, and then the end will come, the end of opportunity to respond to the gospel. So despite all the tribulations that will come, despite all the deceptions from false teachers despite the wars that we've had and are having and will have despite the persecutions the natural disasters that we've had and are having and will have and to fight despite the the defections from christ many people who claim to be believers and then they walk away from the faith and despite all the obstacles to spread the gospel the message ultimately is going to penetrate every part of the globe. And there is nothing, no government, no person can prevent that from happening. It's going to happen. Now, the cool news is you get to choose to be a part of that. You're invited to be a part of that. Wherever your world is, in your workplace, in your school, wherever your world is, that's your place. God is never without a witness. And he will proclaim the gospel from heaven itself if necessary. Jesus said in Luke, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too Because that is why I was sent. If you're looking for a purpose in life, if you're looking for a reason why you're here, maybe that's it. I'm here to share about the kingdom of God, I'm here to be a, a bell cow that points people to the kingdom of God. Luke 8, 1, soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. We already read that in Matthew, but still the same story. He, he was all about preaching the good news in the king of the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do. Now, there's an interesting statement. In Mark chapter 15, uh, Joseph of Arimathea was a member of the council, the Sanhedrin. And, but he was opposed to the condemnation of Jesus. And, um, and when he did what he did, I'm sure Pontius Pilate was not likely pleased to see a member of the Sanhedrin to come and want the body of Jesus, especially after that was the very group that wanted him to crucify Jesus, who he considered to be innocent. And through the pressure, he agreed to follow their desire. And, uh, and further, Joseph, so Joseph was taking a risk going to Pontius Pilate because Joseph uh, wouldn't have been recognized as somebody who liked Jesus. He would have been, been seen as, oh, you're one of those guys. And then all of, the, uh, all of those guys would have seen Joseph do this, and, and so he would have become an enemy to his own brothers. In fact, prisoners who were sentenced to death forfeited the right to, be, to have burial under Roman law. And, but usually their bodies were granted to relatives who asked for them But Jesus' mother, she was emotionally exhausted. She she wasn't going to be able to deal with that. There was no evidence that Jesus' biological brothers and sisters were in Jerusalem. His closest friends, the disciples, all ran and hid, except for John, but his focus was now Mary because from the cross, Jesus gave him responsibility for his mother. So in the absence of close friends of Jesus and family members, Joseph courageously asked Pilate for Jesus' body. So we read that in Mark chapter 15. Joseph Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He believed in the good news. And he believed that Jesus was the good news. Acts chapter 1. So Jesus had been crucified. He was buried. He rose from the dead. And now he was on earth for 40 more days before he ascended up to heaven. So during that 40 days, this, this is what's going on. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them. So guess what he talked about? The kingdom of God. So Jesus knew he had like three years of an earthly ministry. And he talked about the kingdom of God. That was the focus. When he was with us, after he was crucified and rose from the dead, he knew he had 40 days. And so you you would think he was gonna focus on what was most important, and it was the kingdom of God. Isn't that a pretty good clue as to what our focus needs to be? That our focus needs to be on the kingdom of God, the good news of God's kingdom, that God's kingdom is near, the kingdom of God is near, and and it's available through Jesus by repentance, by confession and turning to God, that the kingdom of God is available to anyone and everyone, that should be our focus. In Acts chapter 1, It says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Those guys, they were knuckleheads. They had a hard time really getting it. And he replied, the father alone has the authority to set dates, to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. And listen, let me go help you you with this. Anytime somebody tells you that they figured out the date through some mathematical formula or some very obscure prophecy in the Bible, you can pretty much discount them. You can absolutely discount them because Jesus discounts them. Because basically they're saying, I know something that Jesus didn't know. And out of all the people that ever lived, God chose to tell me something he didn't tell Jesus. And you want to follow that guy? I'm amazed at how many people... I want to tell you, every time somebody comes out with a book and they've got a date in there, this is when Jesus is coming back. You know, when, when you hear about it, here's what happens to the average Christian. Oh, that's a bunch of hogwash... I wonder. (laughs) You you know you did that. (laughs) I better ask the preacher. Save yourself from embarrassment. (laughs) Don't don't ask me. because I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I'm going to say. Why are you spending money on that? (laughs) Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. So, the Father alone has authority to set those dates and times they are not for you to know. But... Here's what you can bank on, here's what you do know. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Guess what, he's already come, so he was talking about a future event that has already happened, so we live in the past, we live in the future tense of this, so it's it's something that has already happened, and we get to live in that, so the Holy Spirit has already come, and you will be my witnesses, that's what the purpose is, that's what the focus is, telling people about me everywhere. Basically, telling people about the good news of the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is the good news of the kingdom of God. So basically, these guys thought they were asking very, very important theological questions, very important. And Jesus said, ain't none of your business Here's what you need to focus on. You need to focus on what matters. And what matters is that people who die without the good news will not be a part of the kingdom of God. You have the greatest news ever given. Make your life about that. and there's no place that the gospel is not to be shared. Psalms nine says the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world. It's going to happen. He will judge the world with justice and he will rule the nations with fairness. I think that's looking to a future thing. See, I think the kingdom of God, yes, it's available to us right now. And then the kingdom of God is going to be established here on earth. That day is going to come. But in the meantime, we focus on introducing people to the front door, the only door to the kingdom of God. You know where the door is. You know how to open that door. You know how to tell people how to get through that door. Isn't that amazing? You know where the kingdom of God is. You know how people can get to the kingdom of God. You've been given the passageway. You have incredible, incredible news. And you want to keep it to yourself? Why would we do that? In Acts chapter 28, talking about Paul, it said for two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, and here's what he did. Boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he did. I mean, here's Paul, and he knew his life had an expiration date. He knew that he was going to be executed at some point. He knew that was coming. And so what did he focus on? He focused on the kingdom of God and telling people about Jesus. Now, I want to go back and finish up with the Lord's prayer. I started out with that when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God and so Jesus told his disciples, you need to pray like this. And, and the fact that Jesus said, pray like this, that means that's the way he prayed. And it's the way that we're to pray. And so if I'm not praying this way, I've missed something. Now, I'm not talking about just saying these words. Repeating this prayer over and over and over again. But rather, you embody these words. You personalize these words into your life. So I make it personal. You know, my my Father, you're in heaven. May your name be kept holy in my life. May I avoid those things that offend you. May your kingdom come soon. That's what Jesus said to pray for. May your will be done here on earth in my life as I know it's being done in heaven. Give me today the emotional food that I need, the physical food that I need today. Give me the spiritual food that I need today. That's actually how I pray for my friend Ted. I say, Lord, give him the strength that he needs to go through the radiation today. Give him the emotional need with his family today. Give him everything that he needs today Pray that prayer for yourself Pray that prayer for your friends And Father f- forgive me of my sins Times that I have fallen short Times that my my cowbell led people in the wrong direction And Lord, always give me the courage and the energy and the strength to forgive those who've sinned against me. Somehow that's connected to your forgiving me of my sins. You, you forgive me freely and lovingly. And so I must freely forgive somebody who's wounded me. In fact, You know, maybe right now would be a good time for some of you to think about that person who deeply wounded you. And until you forgive them, that wounds, those wounds just keep coming. Even if they have long forgotten what they ever did to you. So, ask God to give you what it takes to forgive that person. And and Lord, uh, let me not yield to that same temptation again and again and again. That trap that Satan so easily sets for me and I willingly go into it. In fact, rescue me from the evil one who tries to rob me of the joy of your kingdom. Take the Lord's Prayer and really personalize it. That'll take you to a deeper kind of praying. You know, entering into the kingdom of God is costly. It means you give up your agenda It means you give up your selfishness. It's a matter of urgency. None of us are guaranteed anything except forgiveness and salvation. Entry into God's kingdom is not based on outward appearances. In fact, The Bible even talks about people who claim to know the Lord and they're not allowed in. Jesus said, I never knew you. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of grace. It belongs to those who are childlike, according to Jesus. It belongs to sinners, which includes every one of us. It belongs to Gentiles and Jews. It doesn't matter what your heritage is spiritually. But those who inherit the kingdom of God, it'll be different. You won't conform to this world's standards. You'll bear fruit that will last And you will have a peace in your life that goes beyond understanding. A peace that even if you have 50 tumors growing in your brain and you know is gonna kill you, you will have a peace that'll go beyond understanding. The way is narrow. What do you decide? What will you decide about Jesus?